Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to this episode of The Husp. With me, as always, my good friend, Danny. I'm Daniel. That is Daniel Jones, uh, live with us in studio today. Uh, Daniel, uh, after having the best couple of games in your career, how do you expect that you're going to mess it up in the next couple of weeks? I'm going to play. <laughs> uh, that's Danny. And, of course, uh, Joel. Oh, man. I was about to say something really inappropriate. What's the difference between that's now all. and any other time you talk? Yeah. Hey, that's a good, that's a good point. That's a good point. Sorry. Hey, you know, no AKA this week, huh? You didn't have, you didn't well, have a, a glass of, a glass of shampoo next to you or a bottle of shampoo to work off of this time? <laughs> a bottle of shampoo. No, I was going to say AKA and then make a squid game reference, but I'm not sure if it's either too intense or too meta. You know what I mean? And then mm. I froze. Squid Games is number one trending on Netflix. I think yeah, like, even if you don't, even if you don't watch it or haven't seen it, like you know about it, it's in it's in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, do I say I am the Squid Game of this podcast, or do I say I am the and then like a detail about Squid Game that only people who have seen it would understand, therefore complicating it and also guiding myself. Therefore, isolating like the fans who haven't watched Squid Game. If it makes you feel any better, we don't have fans. Yeah, I mean, hey, kind of helps. Kyle's mom hasn't watched Squid Games, so uh, well, maybe. I don't want I don't want Kyle's mom to think less of me thinking I watch Squid Squid Game. You know, <laughs> I don't need Kyle's mom's judgment for, for watching Squid Game. We gotta like we gotta make a Twitter for Kyle's mom, <clears throat> and it could just be her judging us the whole just, entire. She'll time. just react like she'll put timestamps, and then she'll just oh, put yeah, reactions to the podcast, podcast, and just be like, "You said this," and just judging you. <laughs> All right, so how are we the Squid Games? Like, how are you the Squid Games of podcast? Um, because it's super depressing. I'm super depressing, but everyone loves me. Hmm. I, 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 I can see it. Great. I can Great. see it. All right, Danny, if we're talking about Netflix adaptation, what Netflix show are you? I don't even know what's on Netflix, man. I haven't had Netflix in like five years, so I'm I'm kind of in the same. You, you want to you want to know what's even more depressing than Squid Games? Hmm. Um, the uh, Bob Ross documentary, hmm. like an unhappy little tree or something like that. Like, cause cause the, it was the the joy of painting was his show, Bob Ross, the joy of painting, right? And they had like a whole documentary of like him, um, talking about like like after he died and everything, right? How like the company who who had the rights to his name like didn't give it to his family and they just like made millions of dollars a year from his name and none of that profit goes to any of the family of bob ross yep spoiler alert did everyone in that documentary die except for one person uh that's not as depressing as squid game (laughs) (laughs) okay as anyone in squid game as like charming as bob ross yeah, the there's old, the old the man is guy. very charming, charming. There's the main guy who's like a, a sweetheart. <laughs> the there's old the old guy. Like there's the old man. Everyone? No, the old man doesn't kill nobody. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Old no. old, isn't the old man like the like mob boss of that? Spoiler alert. Why do you keep saying it after you make the spoiler? <laughs> oh god. Well, it's because I'm a- not because I'm not entirely sure, but now that I say that, I'm like, well, what if I'm right? 
There's a really sweet Pakistani man who gets brutally murdered. There's a Korean supermodel who's in it for some reason. She's not a supermodel in the show, but like in real life. She doesn't need the money, but for some reason in the show, she needs the money. I really well, show she's I, like North Korean and her brother's in an orphanage. There's I was sweethearts. really, I was really hoping that BTS would be in Squid Games. You mean, you, mean, awesome. you mean like real life Squid Games or you mean just like. No, like if they would have made it like, you know, if some of them would have actually been in the in the series. That would have been cool. Yeah, because it's I, like the biggest Korean band <clears throat> with like the biggest Korean show. Right. You know, put them in there and then like the people who hate on BTS can see them die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think like people thought it would be the biggest show. I think it just kind of took off surprisingly. Yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. You know, Netflix does that though. They, that's the thing. They do that where it's like they put they throw all the darts at the wall, and they just say one of them's gonna hit. And my my thing is like you know BTS they should be promoting like they're trying to they're promoting a lot of American things to Korea. But they should do it the opposite or opposite way around too. They should promote a lot of Korean things to America because they've they've broken that barrier. So they might as well, you know, try to make Korean um, pop culture stuff like big in America besides just music. Can you name That's, one song by BTS? No, I can't. Me either. But, but, it's, but it's because it's because I am like not the age group. I'm not their demographic. But uh, you're I you're a child. But I can like I can understand that they, you know, they're big, they're big in the U.S. And Kyle's not a child, but he babysits constantly with his girlfriend. So I see. I was gonna say, get your facts straight. I know BTS because my girl likes BTS. Is that true? Uh, she used to. She didn't listen to him anymore. But I could yeah, name like uh, one song because it's on the radio. She the aged second. out. She aged out because she's now fifteen, huh? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hey, you don't gotta hate. He don't gotta hate on Jay Coon that way, bro. That that boy, that boy pops. See, I didn't oh. even know their names. I just like I wasn't even sure of their names. Like I was right when I said BTS. Yeah, but, see yeah. that that's that's the funny thing is that's not actually one of their names. I took one of their first names and one of their last names and combined them, and I figured you guys would believe me. Oh, I would. It's, yeah. it's, it's like I don't know. Like who? I can't tell you anything. Mm-hmm. Anyways, is that, that was just one of them. Do what now, John Cook? John Cook? Yeah, isn't that one? Yes. Yeah. John Cook? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See? I know things. Good job. Congratulations. Yeah. So it's not uh, even from my underage wife. So Joel, the John Cook of the podcast. Oh man. You're giving him way too much credit there. Everyone loves John Cook. Anyone who likes BTS. Yeah. You're he's probably shirtless all the time too, so it matches. <laughs> <laughs> All I know, all I know is that, you know, my whole thing is like once once people break into the US, they should like embrace the fact that they're still their culture and not trying to bring more US things into their country, do it the other way around. Yeah. I was actually gonna say, because you said that just a second ago, I imagine living in New York, you saw that a lot because you're in New York, you have all kinds of influence yeah. around you. It's something that you just learn to embrace rather than People who come from other countries and maybe move to areas like Texas or something like that, they feel like they got to embrace the U.S. culture. It, it, they kind of takes the fun out of it. And I like it. I, I like when international shows and like culture start to take off because then it forces you to kind of follow along, see what's going on, you know? Exactly, exactly. And there's a reason why they always say like American adaptations don't do as good as the original because it's like, you know, they they had a vision. That was their directors. They, they you know, that was their project. It wasn't like, 
someone else's project who was just trying to make money off of it. It's right. their project. Right. That's uh, one one thing that people have complained a lot about Squid Game is that the, the subtitles and the dub, yeah, it's not completely faithful. And there's a lot of like Korean um, verbiage or idioms or words or expressions that make the story a lot more, give it a lot more depth than the English versions. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of like uh, stuff like that that has has been from other countries to make like a real big influence in the U.S. And every time they try to like bring it to the U.S., they do stuff like that. But it, it is what it is. You know, we wouldn't have anime if it wasn't for Japan. Mm-hmm. Speak- this is Korean, but, you know. No, yeah, yeah. Spe- speaking of things we stole from Korea, do you know that we stole uh, The Masked Singer from Korea, too? That was originally a Korean show. And so Ryan, you're saying the Koreans don't always hit home runs? Yeah, not always. <laughs> all, all I'm saying, all it's I'm saying huge is here. It's, yeah, it's huge here. All I'm saying is, whenever they did it in Korea, they had Ryan Reynolds come on for one episode, and he was a mass singer. And that episode like blew up on YouTube, and then the American people were like, "Hey, that's a good idea. We should do that." And then now it's in like its seventh season or something. Plot twist: He was singing in Japanese. <laughs> dame, dame. um but anyway thank you guys for joining us on this episode of the husk uh danny what did you see this week we got the nba starting to kick back off with preseason now we're about four weeks into the nfl season what do you see in this week of sports um bulls are gonna win the championship say it say it there and say it with your chest danny who's winning finals mvp is it demar Derozan or lonzo ball it's gonna be alex caruso yeah, that's true. I, I yeah, that's a dumb question, Joel. He's amazing. <laughs> of course it is. And and then the next thing I saw is that Saquon Barkley is going to win MVP. Mm. Forget forget everyone else. Forget the lead MVP uh, vote getter right now. It's Kyler Murray. Murray, yeah. Uh, he he stinks. Saquon it was obviously the best player in the NFL. The Giants yeah. won a game finally, right? Congratulations, by the way. Congratulations, Congratulations, New York fans who live in New York City and don't root for Buffalo because both your teams won this weekend. So congratulations. I don't know how the Jets won, man. I don't know either. Well, you know what? I, I don't know how the Titans lost. That's Titans are so bad. Jet, Jets going to whoop on the Falcons, you think, in London? Uh, No. You don't no. think so? I don't think so. Falcons look like, if not the worst, but second worst team in the league. Falcons look awful. Like they just look I, bad. Have you seen the Jets? Yeah, I have. And I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they're not like I'm. You might be right. You know, Jets might be on an upswing, whereas Falcons are just like eking out wins, mm-hmm. like against the Giants, and that's it. But besides that, I don't know. Like the Jets barely barely beat the Titans, and Titans look bad. And that could have just been their one game the whole year. That's true. Just like the Giants could have just had their one game their whole year versus the Saints, and they're going to get destroyed by the Cowboys. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see tomorrow. Mm-hmm. While we're on the subject, uh, talking about the Jets, I actually saw a post uh, on Instagram the other day, and I want to think, get your guys' opinion on it. Uh, so I saw a bunch of people talking about rookie quarterbacks because obviously there's a lot of them this year. And people were saying that they think Peyton Manning's rookie interception season record Sorry, single season for a rookie interception record will get broken this year by either who is it? Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence. Do you think either of them throw more than 28 interceptions this year? I mean, of course there's an extra game too. 
But do you think, think either of them throws 28 interceptions or more? I think Trevor Lawrence might. And uh, I don't think they're going to be like intention or interceptions. I think there's the line's going to get to him and they're going to hit the ball while it's coming out a lot. And it's going to make it a 50 50 ball between offense and defense. And a lot of it's going to go to defense. Yeah. Enough of it's going to go to defense to break that record, in my opinion. Joel? Um, I'm trying to look up how many interceptions they currently have. I think that Trevor Lawrence will. I think they'll both throw less interceptions as the year goes on. So I'm inclined to say that, no, they won't break the record for interceptions. So, so Zach well, Wilson, I know, had a four-throw game, a two-throw game, and I think two ones. So that puts him at, what, eight? So he's at eight, four games in. Yeah, that's uh, that's bad. So so eight times four. For but Danny said that games. Trevor Lawrence was more likely, right? Mm-hmm. I, think I think Trevor Lawrence. I think is they're both at eight and seven it. or something like that. Yeah, they both Trevor have... Lawrence has seven. Zach Wilson has eight. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones has four. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence also has like no one to throw it to anymore. Uh, Lavisca Chanel, the best player. Yeah, in the world. yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to throw it to him a lot, but that's gonna be a problem because the more I, the more I you have only one player, the easier it is to read it. The worst thing I saw in sports was Danny starting LaVisca Chenault in fantasy against me. <laughs> now I have to root against my favorite player, and I'm not going to. I hope you beat me, and I hope he scores 50 points. I hope so, too. That'd be great. Speaking, <laughs> of, wider, speaking of wide receivers scoring 50 points, I'm glad I have DK Metcalf in every single league. I hate that guy. <laughs> he wasn't even that good. He wasn't. He wasn't. I he caught four passes, but two of them were touchdowns. Yeah, and then, like, what, two of them were in garbage time? No, one was – well – they were still coming back, so they were down two scores. They started coming back, and Let's they were one score. Let's be real. The second they started losing, the second Russell Wilson was out, that was it. They, they weren't winning, and they knew that. That's true. One thing I will say is I did enjoy seeing Geno Smith at being a longtime Jets quarterback because we'd play him twice a year and getting to know the real Geno Smith. When he had them one drive from taking the lead, I was like, oh, he's throwing an interception this drive. No doubt in my mind. I've seen Geno Smith enough times to know that he's throwing an interception. First play on first and 10 throws an interception. I, it, it was never a question in my mind. I was uh, like, side note, he also punched a defensive lineman in the face in that play. Shoot, did he really? <laughs> he probably did. We don't know for a fact, but... We don't have video that's evidence. His, that's but, his tendencies. Yeah. <laughs> to fight his teammates. Yeah. My bad, yeah. you. If I didn't, I didn't mean to call you out like that. <laughs> no, I. I mean, on the whole subject of interceptions, it, it, it's always it's always one of those records that is looked at weird, and that people use comparisons weirdly because, of course, Peyton Manning went on to be one of the you know arguably a top three quarterback of all time, and he started off so poorly, and that led me to another thing I wanted to ask your guys' opinion on. There's five rookie quarterbacks this year, all taken in the first round. And all of them are like just thrown in the fire. Like I think four of the five have thrown like 40 plus passes in a game, like attempted 40 plus passes, which means their coach and their coaching staff had to have seen enough and been comfortable enough to just be like, all right, get out there and, and throw the ball. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about that? Like, what do you, does that show a direction the league is going? Does that show how good this draft class of quarterbacks was? What does that tell you? Uh, so here's my thing. And Joel, you might have a little bit more insight on this um, because you're a little better at uh, just recalling some 
uh, players than I am. But I just remember um, Lamar Jackson, his first year, he was trash. Everyone knew that. He was he was horrible. He came back the next year, he won MVP. And it just like a lot of a lot of reasons why he was so, so trash the year before was because he was like trying to understand the NFL, you know? He still had the same abilities he had. It's not like he got better or something. He might have gotten better, but he definitely got smarter. And he, he caught up to the pace of the game. And that's when he was able to say, oh, I can do this. I can run at this situation. I can do this in this situation. I should throw in this situation. Where it's like the first year, he was learning all of that for the first time and adjusting to like the speed of the game and adjusting to the, the talent against him. And, uh, but once he did that, he went on to win MVP. Mm-hmm. The reason why I bring him up is because there's a lot of rookie quarterbacks who have the scrambling ability who look bad right now. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a year later, like next year, when they start getting a, a feel for the game, a feel for the speed, uh, an understanding of how good their the competitors are, they'll make the adjustment and be a lot better than they show in their rookie year. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, yeah. that's my thing. I think that there's a learning curve in quarterback. You can't, you're like, there's a lot of other positions where you can, you, you know, wide receiver focus on running a route and, you know, beating your guy, you know, understanding where safeties are, understanding the defense, but you've been doing that a lot in your high school, your, you know, all your life, you know, while playing football, you've been doing that. Um, the only difference is people are faster for, mm-hmm. for, for, for like a wide receiver. Right. But for a quarterback, it's not just people are faster. It's just plays are better. Um, coaching is better against you, all of that stuff. So I could really see like the adjustments being made, um, taking longer for quarterbacks than they would be for, for like a wide receiver or even other, like other positions, maybe not a running back running backs have to learn a lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. And, and you're definitely right. Every quarterback not named Mac Jones in this draft uh, has like very good running potential. Like a, a, every quarterback can, can yeah. run the ball. Uh, so I, I agree with you. I think it may be, and especially, unfortunately, I think the entire high school scheme and then a lot of college is that you just run the ball so much. And especially you need a quarterback that can run. So a lot of these guys up until this point in their career have done nothing but run the ball or been so used to, if my first read's not there, sprint, which I think, yeah. again, that, that's what you said with Lamar Jackson. It, it was You could see it his first year. If his first read wasn't there, he took off. And he had a ton of yards, and you could tell, but because of that, he was an, a running back playing quarterback. And now you can see he's kind of grown into the position a little bit better. Yeah, a lot of it had to do with learning how to take a hit from a 100-pound guy, you know. <laughs> like, that's a big deal. <laughs> you don't just go into the NFL and just take a hit. Right. You know, you got, you got to learn how to do that. Like um, these guys are 300, 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. And even the biggest and buffest guys in college didn't have like the man muscles that people in the NFL have, mm-hmm. because that, there's a big point of development after, after that, um, you know, the, the age range. Yeah, they have young muscles, but like when they get their man strength, that's that's completely a different story. Mm-hmm. So you, know. you usually see that in the NBA too, where you get those yeah. guys right out of high school and they can ball like they're athletically gifted, but they aren't big yet. Like Anthony Davis had that for years where mm-hmm. Anthony Davis was gifted and he was not big. He was just tall, but he was not big. And now yeah. you can see bigger. You, so you, you know. can those players you can push around in the paint exactly. or you know, 
uh, players who were really aggressive gave them a lot of trouble because they just weren't as strong as those players. And like, don't get me wrong, they're strong, they're big guys, but uh, it wasn't like you know compared to like these people who who were fully developed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what makes Zion such a phenomenon. Is like yeah, he, he yeah, came yeah. out of he came out of high school or came out of college. What is he 18, 19 when he got drafted? And, and one year in college, and he was already in a man's body, you know, 280 pounds, six foot seven, whatever, you know, he, he was already shacking people down. So it's like yeah. it's it's crazy to see. But uh it scares me to see him though, because it's like you know he's gotta mature more, like right. his body is gonna continue to mature. So, like, what's the final product of him? Exactly. Uh, is it is it something that's going to slow him down? Is it something that's uh that's going to be too massive? Is it mm-hmm. something that's going to be too heavy? Or is he going to be like a Charles Barkley where he can throw his weight around and still be able to use that power in a, in a specific way? It's just like, it's crazy to me to see him because it's like, you compare him to Charles Barkley, but even when Charles Barkley came into the league, he wasn't 285, yeah, 285 pounds, six foot seven, six foot eight. You know, he wasn't that big. He was, you know, smaller, but he was big for his, for like, his for height. him. For his yeah. height, yeah. Where he was at the time, he looked like a big guy. He got even bigger in the NBA. And it's just like, is uh, Zion going to go through that where he gets even bigger and he's like over 300 pounds? In that case, like, yeah, you have to definitely put him in a, uh very big nutrition uh cap and trying to try to monitor him as much as you can but that's tough it's tough to tell someone that like you had to cut back on this and that and this and that when a lot of it is genetics Mm -hmm. like genetically if he's he's obviously in shape if he's healthy like if you're genetically at like 285 pounds like what's going on there yeah exactly you're a huge person yeah and that's one thing I think, and again, it's kind of what ruined Shaq's career for being probably the most dominant player that the league has ever Over seen. Over 300 pounds. Exactly. That was what ruined his career. Like he probably could have played for another five to seven years and played well if he had focused more on that. And it's one thing that kind of worries me about Zion. Yeah, he's only 20 right now. He just turned 20 or 21, whatever. So his body can take the beating. But in three more years, four more years, five more years, he come, every time he jumps up, I'm terrified of when he comes down. Like I am terrified that one of these times he's going to land on somebody and, and there goes his season or he's going to land on his ankle wrong because you, you've seen guys much smaller than him. Like Gordon Hayward go up and have that horrific injury. Paul George have the horrific injury that are, you know, 30, 40, 50 pounds and a couple inches shorter and lighter than this guy. Yeah. So I just hope that once he finally hits his prime, which is saying a lot considering he's averaged 20 points last year in his second year, when he hits his prime, you hope, that he's not to the point where every single time he goes up, he he's hurting himself coming down. Right now, that's how I feel about Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. He scares me. He scares me a lot when I see him play, when I see him run, when I see him trip. Like, because he's a massive guy. Like, he's such a big guy, and his like a lot of his strength and everything is his lower bodies. It's his it's his legs. His legs are massive. Like his thighs are like the size of an average guy's chest. Like that's how big they are. Mm. And it's just like incredible to like see this guy um, just run and like use that much force and power. But at the same time, it's like how much force and power can you use before you start destroying all your lower extremities? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 
before you start getting ACL tears over and over again, before you start getting like um, foot injuries, yeah. ankle injuries, tweaks like that, where your lower body just can't support the massive strength that you have. Exactly. Like, at, at some point, at some point you become too strong for your body to handle. Or like you're pushing so hard and running into a guy that's 40 pounds heavier than you. At some point, your body's going to give no matter how, how much you work on it. Yeah, th- that's what I'm saying. Like, it scares me when I see Saquon run like that because it's just like he's such an explosive athlete and he, he cuts a lot. Like sometimes he cuts where it's like he's looking for a hole and he invites contact into the cut. And I always see him like I'm like, man, one of these hits might take your knees out again, especially you're coming back from an injury. Mm-hmm. And every week he's on the injury report every week. I see him like, you know, I'll get, I'll get an update. Saquon in park did practice those weeks. Saquon's on the injury report. And it's like every week he's like that. And it's like, it's because he's not fully one. He might not be fully like back from the injury, but he also might just be like in a position where he's exerting a lot of energy and he's still feeling that knee. And I don't want it to be a countdown to when he's gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. <sighs> I mean, that's all, that's, that's, that's a big part of it in any sport. I think that, you know, like you yeah. said, you gotta, you gotta take good care of yourself. You gotta, you gotta take, you gotta keep them in mind that Shaquan's not old. Well, he's like 24. Oh, he's young. He's, he's young. He's, he's not that old. So. Yeah. What about, like Joel, like, do you like see the same thing with like Von Miller or is that guy just like, he doesn't phase you when he moves after coming back from his injury? Um, I don't know. I don't really think about it. I feel like injuries happen or they don't, but I don't personally like get stressed worrying about them, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no. And I'm not saying I get stressed about it. It's just that every time I see him run or anytime I see him make a, like a harsh cut like that, like I'm reminded that he's a big guy doing some crazy things. And at any point, like those, that ACL can just go because of like the way they move. Um, like I see, I see Von Miller too. Like, you know, all the power that he, he goes, he has goes into his lower extremities to like, you know, push off of that and like get the, uh, lineman away from him. So he gets a quarterback and it's just like that burst of energy. Like that's why a lot of linemen get hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but that's also like how you win at the point of attack. Yeah. Or it so. Is. It's one of those things that's just with any contact sport, there's going to be a risk of injury because of, of the intensity. And of course they're elite athletes because it's the best of the best to get to do it. So, mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's kind of along the same lines of what we were saying. You're strong enough. You know, you can produce a certain move, but can you produce that move while also running into a man who's 300 pounds and going to be pushing back on you, you know, yeah, trying to make sure exactly. you don't. That exactly. So, so it's just yeah. one of those things it, it constantly, you know, yeah. I can see how it's something you worry about. Speaking of injury news, while we're kind of on the subject of injury, Russell Wilson potentially out for a month or more with yeah, that uh, dislocated I heard nerve. Up to six weeks. Yeah, could be up to six weeks. Do you, if you guys? I mean, I know we had a lot of uh, like fuss going on in the off season. Uh, it's rumors that he had demanded a trade. If you're Russell Wilson, do you, are you sick of Pete Carroll? Are you ready to get out of our uh, Seattle? What's what's the deal, Joel? What you thinking? Um, so this is going to be a long and rambling story. So I went to uh, fuzzies. You ever been to fuzzies? Uh, no. Taco shop. No. So I went to fuzzies with my wife and there's like a bar area we were sitting at and they have like all the TVs, whatever they're showing all the games. And this is after Thursday night football, after the Seahawks game. 
and I was sitting next to a Seahawks fan and we were just talking about football and he made a comment about, oh my gosh, like I can't believe Russell Wilson got hurt. And then he said, Russ Wilson is going to get out of Seattle. And I don't know if this is a common thing that Seahawks fans thought, but I had not thought of it before. So now I'm really excited for either Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson to be a Bronco next year. But but he also said that Geno Smith is going to be awesome. So maybe I don't completely trust his, you know, words of wisdom. (laughs) That's yes. Basically. Okay. That's where his credibility. That's where, yeah, exactly. Really dropped off after that, but Seahawks fans, apparently it's on their mind. Yeah. No, it's it's one of those things where you throw in the backup the whole week, and it was a short week at that. Uh, the Rams are preparing for Russell Wilson as they should, and you throw in the backup. Any backup's going to look decent if you have a decent team the the first yeah. game, but you let teams start to game plan for them, and of course they're going to play awful. I mean, the same thing happened a few years ago with uh, uh, butt fumble himself, Mark Sanchez. It was like five six years ago. He got traded to no, it was right before in Philly before they had Carson once it was like a year or two before and he had a game where he threw seven touchdowns like him and Peyton Manning on the record for most touchdowns thrown in a single game and then two weeks later every defense hasn't figured out it was just because it was the first time he was playing in that system so it's the same with Geno Smith he'll probably have a game or two that look really good and then people will figure him out they'll have tape on him that's it I want to say this um one that quarterback drama for Russell Wilson was one of the reasons why I had him ranked lower in his division Remember, I had the 49ers and I had um, uh, who else had it? Not the Rams. Cardinals. Rams. I had the Rams. I had the Rams. Obviously, the Cardinals are ahead of them now. Now they are. Uh, yeah. Joel, you had you had Seattle winning that division, and I think one of the arguments we made was that there's too much drama between B. Carroll and his quarterback. But um, I, yeah, might... I remember you were going on about the Pete Carroll thing. I was clear. I think I was wrong about that. Pretty pretty bad. With, I was wrong about a lot of stuff, but I remember that specifically. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. I, in reality, like I was just saying, like I don't trust P. Carroll. Like I don't trust P. Carroll and the relationship they have. Like I don't trust it anymore. That's what and, they were saying on Thursday Night Football too. They said they could see Russ and him and Pete just did not look like they were on the same page. Yeah. They looked like they were arguing on the sideline. So here's the other thing. I was watching that game and I saw the injury and you guys can correct me. And I hope you guys do correct me. I don't follow Russell Wilson. I don't have him on Instagram. I don't have him on Twitter. You know, I just, I don't see if he posts anything afterwards. I haven't seen any social media of like what his finger looks like, but on the TV broadcast, it didn't look that bad. Uh, the, the announcers were like, Oh, that finger is jacked up. But all he was doing was like this. It looked like he was just like bending his finger. Like, he wasn't really doing it. It didn't look swollen. It didn't look bruised. It didn't look anything. It just looked like he was bending it, and then he couldn't bend it back. Or it's like, I don't know, like, if you sprain a finger, I don't know if that's that that serious. Like, right. wasn't wasn't Matt Stafford playing with a sprained finger also? And right. all he had to do was wrap it up. So Matt especially Stafford like, was – Especially, was, like, the middle finger. Like, right. the middle finger for throwing a football – I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a quarterback. Okay. I don't know how, how essential it is. All I know is that when I saw that injury, when I saw that finger, it didn't look that bad. Right. Okay. So first with Matthew Stafford, his was his, it, it was, it definitely wasn't his middle finger. It was his, was his index. Or his in, okay. Yeah. So yeah, it was one of the two ends I remember seeing because they taped it and his was fine enough that he played decently, but Matthew Stafford was off pretty bad, but that's a whole nother subject. Um, I think he, the, the official diagnosis, he dislocated it and he tore something in it. 
because he had surgery. He actually had surgery last night. Okay. So it was bad enough that he had to have surgery. I do follow him on Twitter. He, he, he had to have surgery for, uh, on it. And that's why they decided it's going to be at least a month to six weeks before he's uh, back in. Uh, on the subject of throwing, the middle finger is the last finger to touch the ball. Its importance is often debated, but it is the last finger to touch the ball. So some quarterbacks have said it's by far the most important finger because it's kind of like your guide finger. So depending on how Russell Wilson feels about that, that's a whole nother subject. But I do think his finger one was obviously far worse of an injury than Matthew Stafford's. And I think whether it was that bad or not, the fact that he was willing to get surgery immediately shows kind of that he's done with, or it shows to me at least what it reads is I'm done with this organization and I'm done with Pete Carroll because if it wasn't, (coughs) excuse me, if it wasn't that bad, you tape it up, you work with it, you do whatever you got to do, you know, play some games, see how it is. And if it's still bothering you, then you go get surgery, but you don't want season ending, ending surgery, right? The beginning of the season. Yeah. But the fact that he was willing to go through with it so quickly no. day of, he, he's, he's like, out. I'm out. I'm out. I don't want yeah, to play. He, this team. he was looking for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, and I, I agree with you now. Like I, 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 before when you were making that argument earlier before the season that Pete Carroll's a bad coach, I could see instances where that's true but I didn't agree with you. And now I'm starting to see where, you know, Russ was wanting to play last night or two nights ago, and he just wasn't letting him back in. He wasn't. It's like on a fourth and two, he called a run to their like third string running back. It wasn't even the guy who was playing back up to Chris Carson or Chris Carson. Chris, is it Chris Carson? What's their Chris, uh, their Rashad Penny. No, no, but see, it, it wasn't even him. It was like their third. I, string heard, running I back. forget who it is on yeah. a fourth and two. They called a run play. And Russell Wilson's like, you're not going to call like some kind of RPO that let me run the ball. But anyway, see, I can see how he'd just be done. He's, he's like, I'm done with Pete Carroll. I'm done with this organization. I want to go somewhere that's going to let me be me. Because I think Pete Carroll, they're at that point in their uh, relationship where it's like the, the player it, it, uh, is an on-field coach. And I mean, he's been an on-field coach for a couple of years now. And it's kind of the same situation we saw develop with uh, with Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy and Mike McCarthy ended up hitting the road. Uh, I think for a while you saw it with uh, Sean Payton and Drew Brees, but both of them kind of had that mutual agreement. But it's one of those things where if you and your coach are at that same, you believe you're just as football smart as your coach and you aren't willing to play underneath your coach, you're going to have you're going to have that drama. You're going to have that tension there. And I would like to say that in the preseason uh, callouts, I did say that Seattle would be last in that division. They'd still be a good team, but be last in that division. The Chicago Bulls are going to be third in the in the East. You think so? Yeah, for sure. Jeez. I'm calling it now. Wow. You have the them. So, so you have it going. You have it going. Uh, you have it Milwaukee? going. Milwaukee Bucks and no, no. I have it going Milwaukee Nets Nets. Nets might actually fall to fourth. Nets is Nets are actually yeah because of the whole Kyrie situation right now. And is he going to retire? Or like... I don't know. I we don't, don't know. know. They they might fall to fourth. They might be maybe not. Maybe it's it's either going to be a dumb third and Chicago second. No, it's everyone thinks the East is like better. The East is still trash though. Like like it'll be Milwaukee. Brooklyn will still be good enough just with KD and Harden. Because, like, Harden with the Houston, just oh, like him, is yeah. amazing. So, I think it'll still be the Nets. It, 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 but then, that, what other team is going to challenge for third? The Bulls. The Bulls are – that's it. There, no one – no other team in the in the East is better than the Bulls right now. 
Maybe if Brad Stevens was still coaching the Celtics. But. Yeah, maybe if Brad Stevens, <laughs> the Celtics are going to have a problem because it's new coaching. It's Man, new the, coaching. It's gonna. It's it's new coaching and a new GM. Mm-hmm. Sixers have a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Sixers, Sixers have a huge problem. They're not gonna have Ben Simmons. The, the Knicks are the Knicks. Atlanta's gonna call back, come back to da- down to earth. They're gonna stay in the five, four, or even six seed because they're not that good. They're they they outperform what they are last year because you know I don't want to get into that, but they did outperform what happened last year. Hey. They beat they beat the Knicks, which you know, good on Trey Young for showing up and beating the Knicks. Cough, and they foul, beat, hunting, cough. Exactly. Yeah. And they, they, they beat um, the 76ers, who the 76ers have Doc Rivers as a coach, who I've always said is a bad coach, and uh, Joel Embiid, who was like, had a tear in the meniscus in his knee. And Ben. The whole series. And Ben Simmons, who wouldn't shoot the ball. Or and, dunk it. Or dunk or the dunk ball. It, yeah. it was open. So, I mean, there was a lot of things the, of the people that ended up beating. So, when they actually play a team like this year, it's not going to be the same. They're gonna they're gonna be five or six. Right now, I think there's no team in the East that could beat the Bulls besides the Nets, or um or the Bucks, and maybe the Knicks on a good day. The Knicks are gonna stay where they are, four or five. The Heat, the Heat are the only other team we're not mentioning since they got Kyle the Heat because they have Kyle Lowry. I don't know. I don't know yet. That, that's, that's that's something so I'm long. interested in looking at because here's where I see that paying off big time. I could see because you know how. Obviously, the the Heat went to the final two years ago, and yes, it was the bubble finals, but it was the finals nonetheless. And their their young players were playing only to severely underperform this year. Yeah, I don't know if the veteran presence of a Kyle Lowry and a guy he's not a big guy, but a guy with the dog in him like Kyle Lowry. I wonder if that is one going to rub off on them, but then also going to take the attention off them. Because think, he can still knock down shots. I mean, yes, he's older, but he can still knock down shots. And that might get your your, your younger guys open. That might give them some breathing room. I don't know. I think that he are going to underperform in the rankings, like at the end of the year, because they're going to do a lot of load management. Mm-hmm. Because your best players are older. Oh, uh, I can't wait to see when you the Bulls. I, mean? I can't wait for the Bulls and the Heat to play during, each other in the fight during, or in the in the in the playoffs. During the season, during the season, the Bulls are going to beat the Heat. Oh yeah. They're going to outrun them. And a lot of their players are going to be like, you know, Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry are going to have to take games off. But I want the, I want the DeRozan and I want the DeRozan and the Lowry storyline come playoff time. I, I want to see that. Yeah. The Bulls have like a lot of young energy and I won't like, honestly, the way the Bulls are looking, I won't be surprised if they ended up, if they end up trading like a draft pick and a player to get a better elite player or even like a uh, power forward. Mm. Cause I can see, I can see this roster ending up to be like, um, they're going to have, they're going to have Lonzo ball, Zach Levine. They'll probably move the Rosen back to the third and get a good power forward that we don't know who it's going to be yet. And then it's going to be Vucevic and they have assets to move things around. Cause I don't think Patrick Williams is going to start this mm. year. Mm-hmm. The only way he starts if they move the Martin Brosen up to fourth and they and they start him in third, but it's just like it's, it's iffy. It's he iffy. didn't like he didn't like playing the four in San Antonio, so he, yeah. I don't think he'll like playing the four with the Bulls. So I honestly, I think that we're looking or the Bulls are looking into in, into getting a trade, and we don't know what trade it is yet. But I, like, is Kobe White still on the Bulls? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yes, yeah, they didn't is. trade him. They I traded Laurie Markinen. Right. They traded Laurie Markinen for uh, uh, Derek Jones Jr., but 
I'm pretty sure Kobe White is still in the Bulls. And if Kobe White's still in the Bulls, I can see it's it's gonna be like uh let me just let me figure out what's what's the dude over on uh on on the Kings? Not not healed. Who's the other one? Not Buddy Healed. I was wondering would, would they be interested? I can't even remember his name now. I was thinking if they'd be interested in going and picking up the him off the him off, yeah. the, off the Kings. Well, I was I was thinking like all right, Kobe White is still on the Bulls. I can you can I can see them trading him a first round draft pick and maybe just like another player for like salary cap reasons. Throw him throw him to a team that's like diminishing and they they need to get rid of their power forward for whatever reason. You know what I mean? Like like last year that was Aaron Gordon. You know where Aaron Gordon is good. He's gonna leave. They need to get something for him. They trade for Aaron Gordon. The Denver does. I think there's going to be a team out there this year who has like a player like that, and the Bulls will sweep, like pick them up because they have the assets for it. Did you see who the their starting lineup was in the preseason? Uh, I didn't see it yesterday because I didn't catch the beginning. They have Demar starting at power forward. Yeah, so I know you, that. You would rather have like a more traditional power forward than Demar? Uh, yeah, because I do, I do. I think because in, in the East, there's a lot of bigs there's a lot of bigs that they had to face every night. You have Bam, you have, um, yeah, Bam, you have, um, what's his name? Joel Embiid. You have Julius Randle. You have Giannis. You have Kevin Durant. Like there, that's a lot of bigs in like your biggest competition Mm -hmm. that you kind of need a traditional power forward for, in my opinion. Yeah, DeMar's not going to play the best defense against those guys. And Vu- so, and not Vucevic to say he's a bad is, defensive player, but... And Vucevic isn't going to play the good defense against them either because no. he's too slow. Yeah. You, it, need, you need a, a faster power forward. You need, it, you need, honestly, you need like an Aaron Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> but he's taken. <laughs> he's spoken for. Oh, man. All right, I want to ask one last little question before we finish this podcast. Best team in the NFL right now, and give me a quick summary as to why, Danny. Cardinals, Kyler, Cardinals, Cardinals and- Kyler, Kyler, AJ Green, um, DeAndre Hopkins, and the other guy that I forget his name, but yeah, that's why. I can agree. Oh, with and that. and defense, defense is playing way above where they should have been. Mm-hmm. Joel, best team in the NFL. Oh man, you go, you go real quick. I gotta decide between a couple. Okay, here, let me let me tell you why I'm gonna go against just to put it up. Uh, Bucks have shown that they're beatable. They almost lost to Atlanta and they almost lost to the Patriots. So Bucks uh, don't deserve number one anymore. Kansas City has lost two games in a row and it put up a bunch of points on a not good Philly defense at all. Actually should have lost three games this year. Uh, so they're not up there. Um, Bills had a really bad week one, but since then I've been playing like phenomenally. And the last team to shut out two teams back to back won the Super Bowl. So right now, for me, I think if the Bills played the the Cardinals, the Bills would beat the Cardinals. So I think it's a very close race between the Cardinals and the Bills. I think the Bills are the best team in the league right now. See, I was thinking Bills too. It's just like they ha- who have they played, you know? Yeah. That's like the biggest thing because they kind of got jumped week one by the Steelers, and then they just mollywhopped like three trash teams, uh, which to their credit, they have like utterly destroyed them. And they, they so. should have. That's how you should. If you're a, an elite team, you should wax the floor with those teams. Exactly. If the 
if it if the um Clyde Edwards Hilaire would just not fumble the ball, I don't think the Chiefs would have like lost because they definitely would have beat the Ravens if he didn't fumble. And I think they would have beat the Chargers if he didn't fumble also. But I mean he fumbled. So their defense lost. is showing they're beatable. The yeah. Charger, the Chargers are an interesting case because the Chargers beat the Chiefs. They've only lost one game this year. The Dallas. The Dallas game. Which and was they, they shouldn't have. have. That, that was that was very much a ref loss, I think. Yeah. So I could but, see that, but the, my, who I think the best team in the league that nobody is talking about um, that had a really weird week one and has gone undefeated since is the um, um, I just lost it is the Green Bay Packers. I think mm-hmm. the Packers are actually the best team in the league. They had a really weird week one that threw everyone off their trail. And ever since then, they've just been steadily dominant. They still have the MVP of the league. I think they're pretty sinking good. We'll see. I I always have the hardest time giving any credit to 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 the Packers. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I mean, what who would they play? They play Detroit. The, they the beat best. the Lions. They beat the Steelers, and they beat the Niners. The, okay, so the Lions game was close until the late. best team they played was the Steel the Niners, Niners. and that was only, and it was only a it was a one point win, which I know a win's two, a win. I don't care. Two, two point, point wins. They, it, they, all, win, they own Detroit. They own them. Even if Detroit's the greatest team in the in the NFL, they're not going to beat the Packers because they rent space in their head. That's what it is. And and they only kind of beat them. The score doesn't tell the full story. In the fourth quarter, it was still close. Until, exactly. until the fourth quarter started, it was close. So. And the Steelers are trash. Yeah. That, Steelers are beatable. Offensive if, lines. If off Broncos field. lose tomorrow to the Steelers, you guys have a big problem. Broncos are favored against the Steelers. Dude, I'm so scared. It's in Pittsburgh. Like, there's a chance the Broncos score seven points like the whole game. If you guys lose, if Broncos lose to the Steelers, the Broncos have a huge problem. Yeah, if we lose to the Steelers, off the bandwagon, you know? Yeah. Then then the season's forfeit. We're just waiting for Russ Wilson to come next year. Yeah. You'd so, rather Russ? Okay, wait. Le- legit talk. Russ or Aaron? Russ. Yeah, honestly. More years. Yeah. Well, sure. he's he's married to Sierra, bro. That's awesome. Sierra. Aaron Rodgers is with that girl from Divergent. It's like whatever. Yeah. This is Shane Woodley. Woodley. Yeah, Shailene Woodley. Oh man. Okay, and then 49ers, didn't they're didn't they like lose their quarterback half the way through that game? They, no, they, they had Jimmy G the whole game against okay, the Packers. Okay. I but, I didn't remember. They only lose him every other game, Danny. Yeah, only they, every other game. Oh, but it, what isn't that worse that they had Jimmy G the whole game? <laughs> yeah, that's that's rough right there. <laughs> Which one's worse? Losing Jimmy G halfway through the game or having him for the whole game? The stats tell you that bro, losing real him. Question, but... Real question there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I did. I can see where you're saying where you're where you're coming from for like Green Bay Packers, but I, I wouldn't give them credit to be the best team in the. NFL. Yeah, I don't know how you lose to the Saints by like by thirty points, and then the Saints lose to the Giants, and and they just don't look like themselves. Like th- we are definitely just just to say the anomaly was the week one for the Saints. Yeah, yeah, anomaly. Yeah. So you anomaly for that. the. The anomaly for the Packers was also week one. The anomaly yeah. for the Bills was also week one. They lost to the trash Steelers team that you guys have been making I, fun of. I completely so agree. Like, I agree. I agree. And I, I see where you made your point. And I do. Like, the Green Bay Packers have gotten uh, way better than their their week one. Their week one doesn't represent who they were are as a team. But the fact that the other three teams that they played with trash uh, Pittsburgh team um, – uh, Lions team that kept up with them and they, you know, 
if they were a little bit better, they actually would have beaten Green Bay and 49ers who are like, they're a good team. I'm not going to say they're good. They're a bad team, but you know, they barely beat them. So I don't know. I have, I have this theory that Aaron Rodgers is lazy and he just does just enough to win. And that's Mm. why the Packers don't always blow off other teams unless Aaron Jones goes off. Mm. Aaron Jones goes off to blow other teams. Otherwise Aaron Rodgers, he just does enough to win. He doesn't like overextend himself. So Packers play the Bengals. This this just from our three here. Bills play the Chiefs this week. Packers play the Bengals. And the Cardinals play the Niners. The team who will impress me the most with a win this week is still just the Bills. Because the Niners and the Cardinals are in the same division. And the Cardinals, the Cardinals should beat the Niners. Yeah. The 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 Packers are playing the Bengals. Bengals out for like what six weeks? Exactly. The Packers should beat the Bengals. It's it's still kind of a close, even though the Chiefs don't look like they should. It's still a close game when you think of Chiefs Bills, and I think the uh, the Chiefs. I think the Bills hand it to them. I think the Bills win by by ten points. I, I think they no. I think they win by ten points or more this week. I don't think so. It's in Kansas City. Not only do I not think so, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm gonna say out of our our three teams, the Packers are the only team that wins. I think the Packers wins. I think the Bills lose, and I think the Cardinals lose to the 49ers. Trey Lance is going to run for like 150 yards for some reason. You can't. It's going to be hard to run against the Cardinals. I don't think so. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. I'm I, also, as you I guys might, know. I might agree. <laughs> I might agree with you. I'm just saying, like, from what I've seen, the Cardinals defense is legit, and it's hard to run against them. If we learned anything from my football predictions, I'm always wrong. <laughs> so your best bet is to so, go So what me. you're saying game, is this week the Bengals are going to whoop the, the, the Packers. <laughs> Probably they're the only team that's going to Honestly, <laughs> Honestly, like, guys, I'm not – I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals won tomorrow. I am impressed with how they're playing. I don't think they win tomorrow, but I am impressed with the Bengals. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did, though. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. For whatever reason, I wouldn't – that's it. It wouldn't surprise me. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on this week's episode of The Husk, where the hot, where the hots are always take, where the takes are always hot, and the Joels are always shirtless. Uh, always. We will see you guys in the next one. With me, as always, has been my good friend, Danny. I'm salty. <laughs> <laughs> no, long live the saltiness. Long live Michael Malone's career. <laughs> now, long, long live the... Denver Broncos if they lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers tomorrow. Ah, jeez. And my boy Joel. Deuces. <laughs>